0: Welcome to the Corey Lee Show where our focus is on building leaders and transforming culture. My name is Corey Lee and in each episode I aspire to ignite something on the inside of you that encourages you to grow yourself and to make an impact on the world around you. Welcome to the Corey Lee Show. back to The Corey Lee Show, guys. Today is going to be an awesome, awesome episode. This is going to be, I I really hope you got your pens and your notebooks out because this one's going to be a good one. Uh, I got uh, two new friends here with me. I got Adele Gambardella and Chip Massey. And I just want to read you guys some of their bio here because I think this is really, really cool. So Adele, she has spearheaded major crisis PR campaigns for some big-time brands, big-time brands like SAP, Verizon, Johnson & Johnson. She's a uh, been invited to speak to the U.N. twice and possibly to the American Physical... Well, I know she has, the American Physical Therapy Association, which I was probably at when she spoke, which is kind of cool. And Chip is an ex-FBI hostage negotiator and special agent for 22 years. He investigated the 9-11 terrorist attack. And uh, led the M- uh, New York FBI office's crisis negotiations team in all five boroughs. And just super excited to have you guys on, excited about our conversation. And so Adele and Chip, welcome to the Corey Lee Show. Thank,
1: Thank, you, Thank you, Corey.
0: Yeah. Well, all right. So I kind of asked you guys before we got to recording, but I- I'm just reading your bios and I- I'm looking at some of your history and like how, like, how did you guys come together? Like, uh, yeah. tell, tell us a little bit about your journey and, and then what you guys are doing right now. Cause you got some awesome things that you're doing as well.
1: Yeah. yeah thank you. Um, yeah. So, um, uh, you know, after I, I came out of the FBI, I was trying to figure out, you know, how I was gonna, I knew I wanted to go into business and I knew I, I wanted to apply the skill sets of, of what I had. And, um, uh, so I was I was working on my own with that, and I went to an entrepreneurial dinner, and Adele happened to be there, and so we you know it's one of those things where you go around the table, you introduce yourself, and and I heard what Adele did as a crisis communications person. She'd also had her own practice for sixteen years, and she had all these employees work under her. She started out as a journalist. She worked. um, for USA Today. And she also was on uh, at, at George Magazine. I don't know if, you know, some of your listeners are going to be too young to remember that, but that, you know, was John F. Kennedy's Jr. Uh, magazine. And she actually, she has some great stories about meeting him, by the way, you have to ask her. And um, so after we we met and started talking, um, like Adele started asking me questions about okay, what what did I do? How did I do it as a negotiator, as an agent, as an investigator? And we, she really got down to brass tacks on it to the point where she saw very clearly how it became a business model. Mm-hmm. And so, and that was like in August, Corey. And she says, you know what? We're gonna put on a masterclass. I said, okay, sure. And she goes, we're gonna put it on in about three months. I said, hold up. <laughs> I like it we, yeah, yeah right right yeah core you get it you do me you know i was fighting crime for 22 years i didn't understand how all this worked and she's going light speed i'm like hold on she goes nope we're going so boom there was three months later we had a master class in new york city sold out um it, we even had to add chairs because the demand was so high for it. we did it again in dc um but anyway. That's how, that's how we, uh, we, we got together. Yeah.
2: And wow. I always have to say, Corey, you know, Chip plays down his business and acumen, no, but doesn't. no, he does, he does. But it, you know, when we first met, I was like, wow, this is so cool. This would be such an interesting combination of skills and his negotiation, his ability to convince his ability to read people really quickly, his ability to just read a room and, Uh, address people's emotions in a way that I had never been taught and deescalate people when they were upset. It just, it, it, it added such an element of sophistication to my business. And I knew it would, that it just made natural sense. And then when he started telling me about like all these techniques that he used in the Bureau and some of the cases, which are just insane, they're so cool. I just was like, I know everybody else in business can learn so much from this. So if we put our uh, respective fields together. I just know it's such a unique combination, and it, and it has been. It's really been exciting wow. to build.
0: I mean, that's really powerful. As I hear you guys talking, you, you got the strategist and you got the visionary and they come together. That, that forms a very powerful, powerful thing. And I, I, I laugh when you said Adele wanted to do three months. Hey, we're going. Cause I, I was like, man, that is, that is so me. I'm like, well, wait, let's go. Right.
1: Yeah. You, you get it as an entrepreneur, right, Corey? I mean, you've, you've, you've sold two businesses. You've written at least two books that I know about. So you're like, you're of that mind, but yeah, man, it's exciting.
2: Unfortunately, our timing, like we did this two masterclass. We're like, wow, these in-person events, they're, they're killing, they're slaying. And then it was like COVID. And we're like, oh, and man. <laughs> <laughs> and I like the way you said pandemic's just right there. But what we decided to do, what we decided to do in that time, again, like just not trying to waste that time we wrote a book book okay you know what
1: why why don't we use this time and we're gonna just bang out a book here i said said, Well. okay yeah i'm a believer now i know she's like (laughs) down for it let's go
0: yeah yeah i'm kind of curious about so you guys came together and you got the master class and it sold out. Like what do, what do you think it was? What do you guys do? But what what was it that drew all the people there? Like obviously there's something that you guys are doing that's attracting people. Like there's something that you teach that people want to know and like what what is that? Like what do you guys do in the master classes?
1: Well, the, the here's and here's another part of it. As we were like going down and figuring out okay, this is what our offer is going to be all about. And we were trying to figure out what do we call this? What are we going to call this masterclass? What title are we going to give it? And again, this is Adele and you're going to identify with this, Corey. She, you know, we're kicking around ideas and, and thoughts on it. And Adele goes, it's going to be called convince me. I'm mm-hmm. like, yeah, that's it. Absolutely. You know, <laughs> mic drop. We're, we're good. And, and doggone it. If that wasn't, you know, exactly captured it because really, that's what we do every day of our lives. You know, people often say, and, and it's an we we also, you know, that book we ta- told you about, it's that's the title of the book too, convince me. And and it's so much more, I guess, an everyday thing than a negotiation is. Negotiations, you know, are very quick. They can, you know, go one, two, three and out. But convincing people really, that's what it's that's what is, and that's what I did. Um, in the Bureau, right? As a hostage negotiator, it's kind of a, a misnomer of the name. I, I never negotiated with anyone. My job was to get that guy who's got a gun on somebody's head to value what I valued, and to value life and to value the the lives of those people with him. And then to value, hey, it's a better idea that you come out and surrender to me than the consequences that you could face. Mm-hmm. and it, it that's what it was right I was never going to say this guy look you got seven in there tell you what kill three give me back four we'll call it a day this wasn't an option right and that's how we've really how we've been proceeding with our business is that this is all about convincing and it's about doing the right thing and being and being such a believer in what you do mm-hmm. having the conviction of it, and then going full steam ahead and helping people understand other people's emotions, their their communication style, what they really believe. So, yeah, man.
0: I love that. I, I love what you said, right? Like in that scenario, uh, that is no option. Yeah, Take three yep. and, you know, all that. It, it's like, and I love how you said convincing them the value of life, that people are of value and, and you're valuable too, but there's people of value. I am I would love to hear your thoughts on, you know, maybe somebody, most of the people who are listening, they're either leaders, entrepreneurs, or family people. And for the leader who may be listening, like, how do I, like, w- what are some practical tools that I can convince or get my people to buy into the vision or direction that, that we're going, or maybe even, you know, a, a parent that's like, I see my, my child go in this direction. I want to convince them of the proper
2: way. Uh, what, what are some tools there for those scenarios? Chip, do you want go me ahead, to? Del? Oh, sure. So one of the things um, that I thought was um, very fascinating was, um, Chip's ability to listen to other people and dial into them in such a way that it really felt like the whole room was empty and that he was just focused on you. Like, this is what he does in a networking event. We literally w- walk up to somebody and he's like dialed into that person. And by the end, he like knows their whole story. He knows their kids' names. He knows where they went to college. Adele does this too, I mean, by <laughs> the way.
1: It's not just but,
2: me. But, but he can do that. Right. And he can do it super easily. And so, um, you know, how do you do that? How do you, you know, just really impact someone immediately upon meeting them? And and one of the ways he did this was he listened in a way that I had never heard before. And it's not active listening so much. Active listening is really great for de-escalating a person, right? And making that person go from a 10 to a five to a, a, a one. And I'm, I'm using some of Chip's language when I say this, right? But, um, <laughs> That's all about de-escalation, right? And that's what you do. That's what he did as a hostage negotiator. And we said, what's the application of that in a business setting? And what we call it is forensic listening. Mm -hmm. And forensic listening is like a four-dimensional way of listening to someone. It's about listening to their emotions. It's about listening to their voice, pitch, tone, cadence of their voice. It's about listening to the themes and stories they continue to repeat. And it's about looking at body positioning, not body language, but body positioning. And we kind of differentiate between the two. Um, the reason why we have this four-dimensional approach to listening is because we believe in business. You don't have just one conversation and make the person feel better and walk away and never talk to them again. Likelihood is you're going to talk to them five, 10, 20, 30, 40 times, however many times you really interact with them. So if you can take notes in a way where this person feels truly listened to. And then you can refer back to those notes weeks and weeks later and say, you know what, I heard what you said about corporate social responsibility. And I know that you got really excited when you talked about corporate social responsibility. And I know that you leaned into it when you were talking about the stats and why we should do that at our company. And I, you know what, I think that's a really good thing. And you know, what I think, Corey, is, we all have a story of a person who did that to us in a meeting, and we have we can count them on our on one hand, right? And we refer back and we'll tell other people about how we were listened to and how this person implemented what we said because it is so rare, yeah, to feel listened to in that way. And <clears throat> this is really like taking tips, active listening, taking business context, and the things that are important that people really want you to hear. And getting to it and, and, then, and then implementing that in a business context, it is incredibly powerful. I'll let Chip talk about it a little bit.
0: Hey, guys, I hope you are enjoying this episode of The Corey Lee Show. Y'all, I am on a mission to build leaders and to transform culture. So if you're looking for a speaker who speaks directly to the heart, a mentor to come alongside you and your team, or if you're in a position where you're looking for a personal coach who embraces where you are and also believes in who you could become, then I would be honored to walk this path with you. Simply reach out to me on my email at Corey at com. Look, let's make your vision a reality. Contact me and together we'll navigate the path from aspiration to achievement. Your transformation It starts now,
1: you know, just in the, in the brief moments, we got to know you, Corey, we know also you're, you're like that kind of engaging person. You have that energy. You've got that, that drive, that interest in people. And, you know, before I was an FBI agent, I was a minister for six years. And that's really where I, you know, because I, I, man, I just flat out love people. So does Adele, you know, we just love people and getting to, that was one of the you know, honors of my life is getting to be able to help somebody every day in that capacity, you know, as as somebody they turn to in a crisis event. I mean, it's so humbling to know somebody at that level and for them to trust you at that level. And really that's what forensic listening is about because we what we say is words leave clues. Mm-hmm. And like Adele said, no conversation today is just one and done. Right, we are always communicating with each other with 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 people in multiple sets, in situations. You know, it, just because we're you know at at a specific job or project, and then we move on to another, there's a good chance we're going to see that same person at some point down the line. So, wouldn't it be awesome if you could have an understanding of that person to the degree like Adele just said? Right? like being able to recount a story they told or something that made an impact on you and one of the things we talk about Corey is is the unstated narrative and that's where there is a disconnect between what somebody actually believes about you, your business, what you stand for your your kind of service that you give and what they'll tell you to your face mm. right it's a, there's a disconnect. And there's a good reason for that, because if we told everybody what we actually believed about them, there'd be blood in the streets. So so we got to pull back some. Right. We got to We got to cover some things up. But now imagine this. Imagine if you had the the techniques and the tactics and the and the understanding, the patience to so dial into that person that you get pretty darn close to what that hidden unstated narrative is can you imagine the 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 relationship that you could forge as a result of that basis mm. and that you would be seen as a trusted person in their life that you that they'd go to again and again regardless of what it was whether it was to give advice or to to help out their company or whatever it is so that's that those those two things are are really the cornerstone of what we do
0: yeah i love that and 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 kind of even going back you You answered the question of leading the the people and even as a family is it's got to be something at the heart level right there where you you position yourself as that person that can be be trusted. I, I want to ask you something something Adele had mentioned the difference between body posture and body language and that's that's really interesting because about thirty minutes ago, I was on a call and we were talking about body language and those kind of things. I, I would love just to, this is for me, I, I would love the differentiator between kind of the difference between posh or position. You said position, I'm sorry. Position, yeah. position and, and body language. What do you mean by that? Chip, do you want
1: to? Okay. Well, you, uh, you know, I tell, I was just thinking a perfect segue with that would be that story that, that you tell the, of the woman in the meeting.
2: Yeah. So, you know, we do a lot of crisis communication work, and that means you get pulled into really high stress, high problem um, business situations, right? And it's like somebody did something wrong. Um, they may have said something wrong. They, they, they might be misconstrued or misperceived by the market, by their customers. There's something that went wrong that you call us in, and then we help you fix it. And so- I went into this um, meeting and this woman had, um, I kept asking her questions about the crisis. It's one of one of the things we have to do, right? We have to like sort of peel the onion back because whatever people say the crisis is, it's usually not that. It's usually like, you know, maybe five levels deep of like what they're not telling you, kind of like that unstated narrative, right? So it really is your job to like, slowly, and as comfortably as possible, get them to tell you the whole truth. Because, you know, mm-hmm. if they spin us, they're really in trouble, right? Because then we're, we're you know, that's really the worst th- <laughs> thing you can do. So I'm asking her questions. And every single time I landed on this one question, she kept turning her back to me more and more and more. And I'm just like, I don't know what is going on. And so I go from the meeting and I called him up. This is when we were like.
1: Yeah. So, so that's where we're getting to the idea of, of being uncomfortable with the, the story because it, it's now getting into deception. She's blading, right? That that's something that we, we came up with in, in terms of like body positioning, because we're people of movement. We're not just static sitting down hunkered there in one in one set But spoke we are constantly dynamically in motion and if you pay attention to the motion that is giving off toward the themes and what they're talking about and their expression and their energy level you're going to get a sense of what's going on and and like Adele said Adele picked it up it was it was in her spidey sense she knew something was off No, that's what it is. It it is, is that person was telling her, I'm not comfortable talking about this. And so she was disengaging. She was actively doing in her mind, using her body as a, as a sign of that. It's like, it's like, I am trying to move from this topic. Like that was what happened. So right. That's, that's the idea of a body positioning. So it could be like, you know, you're talking to somebody and you know, th- their, their face not might match how their body is moving. Like you've seen people in, in tense situations, like you might see them rock, right. Balls to heel kind of thing. That's a bad sign. That's somebody that either they're very excited about something, you know, it's, a, it's like a happy occurrence or they're getting ready to do something to you or to the environment around them. Right. So that my job before the, before this was to always look for Signs of danger, right? I was looking for times when somebody could go violent. So, so if you turn that on a business kind of situation, you're going to be able to to see when somebody's not interested in what you've got to say. You know, maybe your your proposition's all wrong, and you, you you've seen all the signs of them. Maybe they're looking beyond you. They they got their head a little bit on swivel. Um, they're, they're they're taking more calls. They're looking at their phone a little bit more. So. All these, all these things. If you put them together and understand in the context of how we we work the process and the system, it it, it really will help you.
2: And Corey, just real quickly, just yeah. to add what Chip's saying too, right? With the body positioning, the difference between body language and body positioning is, and Chip taught me this, and it's really true, right? Like when you're trying to spot a liar or you're trying to spot someone who's being deceptive, if you use body language, like what everybody says, is like their arms are crossed or they're looking up into the you know to the right or to the left or whatever it's like all of these things could be like that person just likes to do that they're more comfortable like this right it's like you have to look at the what, what do you say chip it's the to it's
1: you say it's- the, yeah the totality of the circumstance mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. yeah yep.
2: it's not just you know one thing and then oh that person's a liar they're clearly like that you know it's like no you have to observe the whole thing yeah, yeah. i love that
0: that that's really helpful too and because I- I again I, I get the opportunity to work with teams and those kind of things. And I literally was mm-hmm. talking a little bit about body language. And that's one of the things, you know, I've been taught is you know, the arms crossed, that means it may be a little bit close. But like you just said, honestly, that's a comfortable position for me. Yeah. So, that's know? what you
1: run into, right? Yeah. Hey, always. <laughs> so
0: I love what you say. That's the totality of the 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 whole kind of the sequence of events that you're seeing right there with their body language. That's good. Yeah, man. Yeah. i would love to add, um you guys your thoughts on the scenario right there you talked about that she kept like man what is up with that she kind of keeps turning her back or whatever you know maybe i'm a i'm a leader and i kind of see something like that maybe something maybe one of my my people on my team starts uh kind of doing that same thing how would i address that like what what maybe something subtle or right to it is it something you do directly like uh, like, how do you address that with maybe somebody that you're responsible for uh, on your team?
2: Chip, do you want to take it?
1: Well, I just think, and, uh, you know, you want to pull that person aside. It, this is somebody who, who obviously is uncomfortable with something going on internally with them. Okay. In this case, it was, she didn't want to tell you the whole full boat of what happened, mm-hmm. right? She, there, was, there was something that the company wanted to keep as a silence, you know, on and, and keep a lid on it and circle the wagons around. All right, fine. Let's talk to the CEO separate. Let's pull them out. Or where whoever's on your team is displaying like some kind of behavior or posturing that, that signifies to uh, like a negative feeling, like a, like a closed off positioning, or, uh, again, a, a, I need to move out from whatever this is. All right. So you pull that person aside and say, Hey, listen, uh, Ted, I, I just noticed you just seemed a little bit more disengaged than usual. Now, look, it could be what we were talking about. It could be something you're going through, whatever. I just want you to know. I, I really want to know and, and understand better about what you might be feeling or experiencing. It might be something I said might be something happening happened at, at home. I don't know. But man, can you help me out understanding? Because I I really want to get there. You you see, you, you give it people an opportunity to tell you what they're, what they're feeling. And, and if you can do it without judgment, like uh, that's why we always say, you know, use empathy. Uh, If you can do that without waiting to like, 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 like it's likely going to go to a confrontation, right? They're, they might be upset at you. And so you're like, okay, here we go. And, and one of the mistakes that we make as humans (laughs) is that, is that we always want to justify why we're right. Yeah, and I'll let Adele in a little bit talk about the the convincing continuum. But you know, we're always looking for to to like lash out when we're being when we feel like we're threatened. Instead, we should be listening to respond in that moment. It is like I'm going to hear what you have to say. I want to hear everything. I'm not just listening to put in a zinger. I'm not just listening so so when you take a breath, I'm going to attack you. You know, I'm just going to lay in the cut and then. It, and then you, you, I'm at you. So what you want to do is after somebody has said something to you that, you know, showed a little bit of vulnerability or maybe was, was, a, you know, took a, took attack against you. You want to use that moment, and say, listen, thank you. First of all, that took some courage, you know, to, to tell me. And, and there might be some things I, I really got to reflect on. I'm certainly going to take everything you just said and, and examine it in in my own life, but I just wanted to thank you. And, and, you know, just let you know that, that I'm going to work on whatever that is, you know, and if there's something I can do, you know, that that's the kind of of dynamic. So, so absolutely. You don't want to address that person in the group. You do do want to address it though, but, but pull them aside, you know, in a way that, that is again, not confrontational, just kind of like, let's talk. I love that. Well, go to the convincing continuum. Tell them about how that that works out.
2: Oh, poor Corey. Um, yeah, yeah. Ho- was like, whoa, whoa. Ho- hopefully we're not like drowning you in. I love it. I'm all okay. in. Like I like okay. it. It's, great. it's fun, right? It really is fun. <laughs> I mean, I would just say too, Chip, what Chip was t- talking about too is is about mitigation, right? You got to give people mitigation. I think in many cases, like that particular, you know, woman with the bleeding, it's like she didn't want to give the information out in front of anyone. Um, anyone else she it needed to be a private conversation she didn't know how to say it in a way that so she was doing it with her body you know I mean the, as leaders we have to be aware enough to pick up on these like subtle clues that people are giving us and they, they are giving us clues all the time um, w- when these things are going on so um, just to talk about the convincing continuum and I see what's the poster behind you Corey what does that say what oh. what, is, what is that poster
0: it says, how is the sky the limit when their footprint's on the
2: moon? Yeah. Oh, okay. <laughs> That's that great, is right? a perfect segue into my convincing continuum. Are you ready for this? Okay. Hey, I'm re- you know, right, so- I
0: know, I got a friend that says, you stay ready, you ain't got to get ready. So I'm ready. <laughs> <laughs>
2: All right. I love that. I love it. It's super fun. <laughs> That's great. Okay. So I'm going to say a couple of things and I'm going to take you down the convincing continuum, but I'm going to use an example of Neil Armstrong. And landing on the moon. Are you? Are so? You're ready for it. I know you are. Okay, okay. Yeah, I'm ready. Okay, right, so let's go. Am I in the hot seat? I don't know if I'm in the hot seat. <laughs> maybe, maybe you're in the hot seat just a little bit, but not too bad. Not too bad. Oh. Okay, promise, we'll come back around. Okay, <laughs> so if I said to you, Corey, I believe that we never put a man on the moon. What is your like initial reaction? Are you like she's a wackadoo? I conspiracy theorist like you have all these things in your head about me already right like when I say that
0: I, I do which is kind of <laughs> I'm sorry I know we're trying to get to a point here but I had this conversation with my daughter yesterday and <laughs> so anyway anyway I, okay
1: thinking, well maybe she can learn theory, some you know? yeah.
2: <laughs> <laughs> okay okay so I believe we never put a man on the moon I mean there's lots of things that you know that make might make you question whether or not we put a man on the moon like for instance if you're in a desert or, or in a dark forest at night and you look up, what do you see? see a bunch of stars. You see a bunch of stars, right? Yeah. But when Neil Armstrong landed on the moon and he planted a flag, there were no stars in the distance. It was pure black in the background, okay? And let me ask you something else. Has there ever been any other country that have, that has claimed to put a man on the moon other than the U.S.? Well, I thought I heard something the other day, but no, no. Okay. Right. Yeah. Well, I think I heard something like Russia put a man, orbited around the moon, but nobody else, nobody else, but the U.S. put a man on the moon. And isn't it curious that we were in a technology space race at that point, right? We wanted to show dominance over you know, over Russia at the time. And so what a better way than to, you know, fake a moon landing. I mean, it's possible, right? And let possible. me ask, it's possible. Let me ask you another question. Has the American government ever lied to its people?
1: Now, wait a minute. Wait a minute. No. Wait a minute. No. Wait a minute. No. no. Okay. You've okay. gone too far, Dad. You've gone too far. I
2: pushed it too far. The whole point in why I'm saying all these things is, I believe we put a man on the moon too. (laughs) I agree. Neil put that flag on there. Okay. But what I'm trying to do is take you down what we call the convincing continuum. Mm -hmm. And I'm going to leave you with this last thought. If you go and Google a picture of Neil Armstrong on the moon, and you look at the backdrop, there is nothing but blackness. I mean, you can't see a star at all. You just can't. Why is that? What is your explanation for that? I mean, there really isn't any. So now I've given you a task. I've given you what we call the convincing cliffhanger so that you can go find information on the thing that I've left you with. But what I did is I moved you down a continuum. And I didn't start with my point of agreement. I started with my big point, my saga of my righteousness. I like went right in for the kill, right? I'm like, this is my belief. Don't you believe that too? And that's how most of us start, right? Most of us start with our strongest point first. And what does what happens, it is never what we want, which is, it is never what we <laughs> want, it. which is like what, Chip, the person to just throw their hands up and be like, you're 100% right. I'm wrong. I never saw it that way. That never happens, right? Like never. It's in our dreams that happens, but it never <laughs> happens normally. So what we have to do is instead of starting with our strongest point, we have to start at the point of agreement, Right. And then move people down. And then what we want to do is we want to to unfreeze their cognitive biases. And we want to do this by doing something we call FUD, replacing fear, uncertainty, and doubt, and saying like, maybe what you think you know about this isn't what you think you know. And maybe there's some doubt in, in your approach and way of thinking. So they can start to unfreeze their belief. And then you leave them with something you leave them with that cliffhanger it's why netflix is so effective at getting us to watch like six episodes of something when we only plan to watch one because they leave us with a cliffhanger at the end of that episode and then we're just dying to know what's happening next because we have we have an open loop right and as smart intellectual people we need to close that loop and so we're going to go and try to seek out information so with the convincing continuum, what you want someone to do is go seek out that information and convince themselves that what you've presented to them is different than what they believed before. Because if you go in for the kill, if you go in for that, you know, first point is your best point, you've got nowhere else to go. It's just really interesting stuff. All I know is you just gave my nine-year-old some ammo. That's what
0: I am <laughs> not going to listen to. Them. <laughs> I'm sorry. It's I funny. she was just trying to have a you know she was trying to stir stir up some thoughts uh but it is funny we were talking about this yesterday so that's, that's funny great. that's great hey, um I, I would love to hear I'm assuming that's probably a, a a chapter or um in the book and in one of your your courses as well and so yeah I'd love for you to tell a little bit more about the book convince me here's here's my question to you right so I've, I've written a, a couple mm. books, got my third one in editing. And there's some chapters that you just really like, you know what I'm saying? Like, the, I, mm. I like this chapter and all of them good because you wrote it, I guess. And, uh, <laughs> but uh, <laughs> but like, is there a specific chapter? Um, I'd love to hear from each of you. Like, like, I really like this chapter um, or this thought that we talk about. And so what about you, Chip? Is there, there one that you really like?
1: Yeah, man, I, you know, I, I just, I I think that whole forensic listening note-taking is such a game changer for people and it, whenever we've presented it in trainings, like we did a, we did a thing for it, an international bank. And, uh, we, in in talking about interviewing and so forth, and we talked about how to read a person in the, the whole picture of them in the most robust way. And we use this as a, as a, like we call it the four D's of note-taking. So if if you, if you, you know, you need to take notes for next actions for what do you got to follow up on, what do you got to do, but you should also be taking notes in this way. We recommend that people on their notepad that they divide up in like a four quadrants, right? And so you, in the one, you've got theme development. What is it that the, Person is saying to you, how are they saying it? What you know, what is the theme there? The other is going to be all about the emotion. You know, when they're saying these things, and and you know, it could be that they're you see them go high in a, a you know, when they're talking about you know their employees' engagement, but they go very low when they talk about the sales numbers. Okay, so they're really interested in engagement, right? And then it's going to be you know, your lower right is like Adele said, is your, is your voice, your, your pitch tone and cadence. Do they go up, down? You know, are they slower, fast? And the other final one is, is going to be the, the body positioning. You know, how are they re- related in relation to you, to the group and so forth? What are the dynamics at, at play? Now you combine all that together and it's become such a powerful way to understand somebody in a deeper way to read what is actually going on. And what this company did, this bank, they said, you know, they said, look, we're going to do this nationwide. We're going to implement this whole thing. And it's, it's, it just is a game changer for people because it, it, it really solidifies in the mind how to start looking at people in a different way and to get to know them in a, in a much more complex kind of way and in, in a vibrant color kind of way. Yeah. yeah.
0: I love that. That's good. That's good. Adele, what about you? Any any kind of specific thought or uh, chapter you guys discussed that you
2: just really like? Yeah, I really like um, our chapter on the t- two different types of convincers. You're either like, mm-hmm. you either are an emotional convincer or you're a fact based convincer. Mm-hmm. And it's not that you're one or the other, you just have a preference mm-hmm. for how someone is going to convince you. Right. So, like, you either love story based you know like emotional like you know you know this is why i want this thing or you want fact based what you want you, you want to give the data you want to show why you want you want you want evidence or proof and so the best example i have is my friend wanting <laughs> she really wanted a mercedes and she wanted a mercedes convertible and she had reached a certain like Um, level of money in her business and she just felt she was ready to get that Mercedes convertible but she had an engineer husband and he was just not about spending money on the Mercedes convertible and she was just like she eventually tried to convince him using all emotional things like I look really good in it I deserve it it's the brand that I really love like come on it's a Mercedes like let's just do it we have the money why not and she comes to me and she's just like, he won't buy the car. He won't even listen to me. Like, I don't know what I'm doing wrong. And I was like, cause you're talking it. You're talking to a fact based dude and you're going all like, you're going all emotional about why. And I was like, let's look up some stats about this car. And so we did. And um, this is my journalism training, right? It's like, you know, <laughs> figure this out. Like, what does the audience want to hear? And so what we realized was the Mercedes has um you should get them to sponsor your show. Mercedes has the right. the, the best, best safety record for a luxury vehicle. It's got the best resale value for a luxury vehicle. Like we went like down all of like the things that would like check the boxes. And then it was like, okay, fine, let's just buy the car. <laughs> um, because she she convinced him in the way that he wanted to be convinced. Like mm-hmm. often we approach others with our technique that we, how we want to be approached. And that, that often backfires. So like Mm. when you're trying to figure out like how to convince someone of something, are they more emotional? Are they more fact-based? Like, and even when you're thinking about how to convince a group, you know, I mean, if you're talking to a bunch of physical therapists, I, I would say they're more emotional people, right? Like, They're all about connectivity. They're all about relationships. Like, right. They're like want to heal people. Right. Exactly. Right. So they're more emotional, but there are some physical therapists that are super fact-based you've got to figure out like, who are you talking to? Like, what do they want to hear? What do they most lean towards and your argument or your position should focus on what they want to hear. So I I really love that chapter. I think that's fun.
0: Yeah, that's really cool. I, I love that as well. And, um, just uh, serving people where they're at and how they like to be served. And I Mm -hmm. I would love to hear your thoughts on this. Um, There seems to be of this fine line between like motivating and manipulating. Right. Mm -hmm. And and so how do you, how do you guys that rub right there where some people may be like, well, you just manipulating people. And I don't see it like that, but like, I, I would love for you to talk into that a little bit, that fine line between motivating and manipulating people with some of the tools and, and you know, principles.
1: Mm-hmm. I right, so what we say with that, Corey, is that look, you can use a hammer to build a house or to knock it down. Yeah. Right. It the 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 tool is the tool. Mm-hmm. It's it's the person that is wielding it that is the determinant in that. And so what we're talking about is look, we're gonna help you understand people better. We're going to help you get your point across in in a way, perhaps that you haven't been able to. It's like one of the things we, we, we say is that, you know, we use probably the same convincing strategies that we've used since we were five, right? We probably have one or two go-tos. And if we're talking to somebody, we're, we're putting them in play. And if that person doesn't bite, doesn't want to sign the contract, you know, your, 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 your kid still doesn't want to eat the vegetables. Then we say, well, that person's a jerk. And uh, you know, I, I'm I'm just gonna go. But they're just
2: strong willed.
1: Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> Obviously, not not to kid. <laughs> uh, but but if you had just like one or two more strategies, tactics that you've never used before, and you tried them out and it worked, imagine, you know, that's really what it it comes down to is that. People are out there and they're wanting to be understood. Mm-hmm. People are desperate to tell their story. Why not use a, a very methodical, a, a, a very, um, kind
2: systematic, of systematic process
1: yeah. that says, here's how I'm, I'm going to try to understand you better because I want to improve this relationship, man. I, I got something I know is, is great. And I want I want you to be a part of that. I want you to to buy into it. Why not? If you believe in what you do and you think you're the best at it, why would you not want that person to be on that, to be on your team and to be 100% into it? Well, that's how you get there. You get there by understanding them better than perhaps anybody else. That's Maybe been- they
2: even understand themselves, right? Like yeah. I think that's that's part of it. It's like One of the things we talk about in the book, which I I love this term too, because it's just, it's so powerful. if done right. Again, not manipulative, but right is we call it targeted validation. And the reason why we call it targeted validation is because what you've done over the course of forensic note-taking and various other things in that respect is you've figured out what their unsafe narrative is. You know how they want to be perceived by others, how they want the world to perceive them. And if you can say that back to them and be super targeted and validate them on the thing that they're most passionate about, there's no way that person's not going to be more influenced by you because you've noticed something about them. Even if you don't like that person, even if you don't like that person, you're more likely to listen to them because they validated your perspective. And so many of us don't get that. We either don't get into that at home. We don't get it, you know, at work and we're seeking it. We want someone to validate us especially about something we're passionate about. So many of us miss it because we're just we're looking to make our next point. We're looking for others to validate us. We're not looking to validate other people and just if you can if you can just turn that around. It just can be so incredibly powerful. We had we had one of our clients um you know and you know she was he was having trouble with his team. And, um, you know, and he just couldn't get his team to do what he wanted. And we said, you know what, it, we, we've see, seen you act interact with your team. And, you know, maybe you could validate people a little bit here and there. Maybe you can, you know, tell them what they're doing right. <laughs> he goes back around to this one conference we were at. And, like, we, he heard our conversation and heard our presentation. He starts validating his team. <laughs> and he comes back to us, like, the next day. And he's like... So my team thought I was like high or crazy or something because I came back and I was so positive. They didn't know what was wrong with me, but they loved it. They had such a positive reaction to it, but it was really, really funny, right, Chip? That
1: was hilarious. So it weird. was, yeah.
2: Yeah, it works. Well, I,
0: what what I love about what you said, and and I totally agree with you, like uh, the people that are kind of listening to this call, the people who t- typically tune into what, what we do, these are the kind of people that need to know these kind of principles. You know, like there there are people that know this stuff that probably don't need it in their hands. You talk about the hammer, right? Like you can use it for good, you can use it for evil. And the same thing with these principles and the the techniques that you guys are talking about. It needs to be in the hands of people who are going to do some good stuff with it. And yes, uh, it, it reminded me, um, we we usually get into a lot of faith conversations in the podcast, but it, it reminded me of a, of a verse of scripture exactly it talks about it says the children of this world are more shrewd and they're dealing with the world around them than the children of light and it's like um mm-hmm. like so, this false humility thing doesn't allow me to want to learn these kind of things when in reality man it's so good it allows us to serve people better um, yes sir it's kind of what you're saying um
1: Amen.
0: i know we're getting close on time and i i I really would love to keep on uh, talking. I, I, Chip, I gotta, I gotta ask you a question though. Okay, mm-hmm. I got to ask you a question.
2: <laughs> you, you <laughs> I love when people start it up like that. It's yeah, you
0: know where it's going. He, he's reading me already. He's like, "What's he going?" <laughs> um, you said you started out as a minister, and then you go into FBI negotiation. Like, how in the world did that happen?
1: Yeah, man. It it was. It, yeah. You know, like I said, it, it, was, it was the most profound privilege in my life, you know, to, to be that guy, you know, uh, in people's lives as a minister. It, I had no idea what the impact that was going to make on me. I mean, the privilege of just dealing with people's, their, their, you know, their most bottom moments and to be to be the the guy that they leaned on to help them through that i mean and also the you know the celebrations right you know so in a day you could go from you know the the worst possible funeral ever and and you know like that's that that even you're you're doing a wedding you know and that's just the nature of it and that's that's what life is but so for me while i love being able to help people every day and and get to know people at that level I still wanted a little bit more excitement in my life, Corey. Right? I I I had that in 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 me, and um, I wrestled with it. I did because you know, I, I took a cut and calling. I I absolutely did. Um, and 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 and, but I I still firmly believe that I am being used uh, to help and improve people's lives, and and that's why I was so excited when I I I met Adele. Is that? this is such a a powerful thing for good for helping people that you know we know that these principles you know they just flat out work and 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 the more good people that get a hold of these things and and implement it man they're going to get to know people at a whole different different level but anyway that was that was my that was my story on on it yeah i just i just wanted some a little bit more excitement i started talking to some people in the fbi and uh, and they told me about these. They they said, best thing they ever did. So, wow. yeah, yeah, that's how we got there. But,
2: Chip, it's like also, also what you did in the ministry and what you do as a hostage negotiator. It's kind of right. I mean, oh, yeah, some similarities, I mean, it, right? Yeah, it
1: was dealing with people in crisis, you know. And I was like, well, shoot, I, I've got some experience in that. And that's why, that's really why I gravitated toward hostage negotiation, Corey, was because of, you know, I'm already like set up like that. So, why not? Why not put that in practice? So. Tip,
2: I just I have to have you tell Corey the story of, like, how did you wind up, like, what was the first assignment they gave you as a hostage negotiator? Like, wasn't it like answering crazy oh, oh, people well, calls? Well, no, this is, <laughs> this, is, this, is, this
1: is good, right? This is <laughs> yeah, good. This is good. Uh, so, you know, everybody, you know, as a special agent, you're trained in the very basics of, of like, you know, interviewing, you know, you, you actually go very, very much in depth in interviewing. But. But the very basics in like hostage negotiations, you're going to get that at Quantico, right? I mean, you're there for five months. daggone it they got to teach you something. So, <laughs> um, so, so you come out of that with these kind of principles, and but you don't get the the everyday kind of grind experience of of that until you get into hostage negotiations. However, what I found out was, you know, when I was first assigned to the field office. Uh, yeah. Everybody had to do a time in the like I'll call it like complaints desk, right? So you you had to work. She had to work some shifts in there, and and you always got angry people calling, right? And so and they've got the most. Sometimes it's the most bizarre stories, but you got to take the call because they they could have something there. Could still be real, At any rate. You know, before I, I was a house negotiator, I, I'd go in there, I'd slog in, I'd be like, all right. And then, you know, you get that angry caller and they're yelling, 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 yelling. You're like, you're trying to like, listen, we're doing the best I can. You know, we got so many cases, you know, we will, but you got to tell me what the violation, you know, you, you're trying to help, but you don't really get there. Um, and after I became a host negotiator, I was like, you know what? Let me just try this again. I had already had some time on, so I didn't have to spend time in the, in the complaint desk, but I wanted to do it anyway. So I went up there and I said, look, guys, uh, I want you to give me your worst call. You know, if you've got a caller that, you know, is giving you the hardest time, maybe they're they're chronic or whatever, just send them to me. I want it. You're like, oh, deal, Massey. We're on. So I'm sitting there and the call comes in and the guy goes, oh, it's Emmett. All right, go, Massey. This is you. So, you know, it's Emmett. And he's got a story and he's fired up and he's upset. And I'm using these techniques, man. And I'm just like, let's hear it. And I go through it with him and I'm listening and I'm validating and, and I'm trying to get to his story about, you know, what happened and so forth. And he's deescalating, right? And not only is he deescalating, but he's starting to trust me more. I feel it right. The conversation's changing. And and after he gets off the phone, you know, after you know, we're getting ready to hang up. I said, listen, Emmett, I, I gotta move on from this, but I I appreciate you calling in. This guy could not have been more gratified and happy that he called that day, right? And it was because I knew how the heck to handle it, Emmett, right? And that's the thing, is that is that we can totally change people's courses and, and how they think and believe about us and our companies and, and who we are. We just listen in, in, in this way that that we, that we talk about. Wow. That's yeah. powerful.
0: Well, <clears throat> Chip and Adele, you guys have added a ton of value to me. I know you've added a ton of value to our listeners and anybody who's listening. They want to find out, Hey, I want to get your book. And I would love to know if you got another masterclass coming up, like how do they, how do they stay in touch with you guys? How do they get your resources? Those kind of things.
2: Sure. So um, we are going to be launching a website really, really soon called trainingsogood.com. And we're going to have a masterclass um, soon. I think April, I think we're, we're shooting for April. We don't know quite where yet. We're getting the details, logistics. We'll, we'll put that on our website when it's available, but we're going to have some online courses and you can get our book on Amazon. You can get it in Barnes and Noble. And so, yeah, we hope people go and get our book and, you know, and then tell us, tell us how you've used the skills and um, techniques in the book in real practical ways. We just love to hear from people. So
1: Mm -hmm.
0: that's great. Well, we'll have that in the show notes below where to get the book and those kind of things. I know it'll help you. And I I, I firmly believe that these tools need to be in the hands of people who are going to do good with it, really do. And uh, I appreciate you guys coming on. And so thank you guys for taking a listen. Uh, make sure you you follow um, Chip and Adele. Make sure you check out their book. And if they've said anything that has added value to you, comment below. And we'll pass that along or reach out to them directly. Make sure you like and subscribe so you can stay up to date with any of the latest episodes of The Corey Lee Show. We hope you guys have a great day and God bless. Three, two. Thanks for joining me today. I hope I have added value to you. And if you have found value in this episode, let me know. Drop a comment and make sure you share with a friend or family member. See you next episode.